Hi, and welcome to Thriving with Sarah and Jenny. Please join us as we explore how you can enjoy a happier life and a fulfilling career, things that aren't always that easy in our modern world. We'll be taking a look to how you can explore well-being both inside and outside the workplace, how to prevent burnout, how to achieve true happiness in work and life, and so much more. So stick around. Well, hello, and thank you for joining Thriving with Sarah and Jenny. This time, we're talking about an issue which has become a bit more of an issue following the arrival of the global pandemic. It's called Zoom fatigue. Who would have ever thought that was going to be a real thing and that Mm -hmm. is affecting so many people? What is interesting is that not only is Zoom fatigue real, it's been shown in the research to affect women more than men. Did you know that, Sarah? I did not know that. Tell me why. Well, first off, I want to just point out, it's it's quite ironic, isn't it, that we're talking about <laughs> fatigue on a Zoom call. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I have a lovely break booked after this, so we're oh, all good. good. <laughs> so we'll be all good. So yes, it was, it was an interesting... Yeah, it's an interesting question to pose. Why should women be at risk of experiencing a greater level of fatigue compared to men? Because we're all doing the same thing when we're on a Zoom call, or Mm -hmm. are we? Because um, Stanford did some research, and what they found was that uh, in in terms of the, the percentage of people being affected, one in seven women said they felt either very or extremely fatigued when they were experiencing back-to-back Zoom calls compared to one in 20 men, far less than men, which is really interesting. However, the guys aren't completely clear because I was talking to a wonderful person a few days ago and he works in IT and he was telling me he'd had one of the worst days for a while where he'd had literally back-to-back Zoom calls for seven hours. So he'd been in seven meetings without a break, and he said he'd even had to grab some lunch, which he ate standing up while in a meeting. And I'm thinking, oh, for goodness sake, this is terrible. No wonder we're really a bit tired. But (laughs) but, um, what, what these Stanford researchers did was they got people to subjectively evaluate their their level of fatigue and what sort of symptoms they experienced um, when undertaking back-to-back calls like that. And what they found was that the ladies uh, were disproportionately affected because they had to look at themselves on screen. Isn't that interesting? Um, Now, I don't know about you, Sarah, what you do for your Zoom preparation, um, but I've got got some Zoom clothes that I wear. And mm-hmm. I will always put on my face a little bit of mascara yeah. and a bit of lippy and, of course, a little bit of perfume. Um, but I've noticed my my husband doesn't do the same. He, he doesn't make up his face. Well, he doesn't want me to do that anyway. <laughs> Nor does he put on any aftershave, but then he never does wear aftersh- aftershave. <laughs> um, but uh, I must admit, I do find that being on screen for a prolonged period of time, it's very wearing on the eyes my eyes start to feel quite dry and a bit irritated after a while. And also, I do find it 
a little bit off-putting because you can see other people's faces, but you can also see your own and you don't normally look at yourself all that often. Well, hopefully you don't. (laughs) And then looking at yourself all day long. Yeah. Yeah. So this is when you're in a conversation with someone else, you're not, you've not got a mirror behind them. So you can't see. So there's this weird disproportionate thing about watching what you look like and probably some interest as well. Cause we've never looked at ourselves so much. Right. Exactly. I I know I do the same thing. I'm like, Oh, when I turn my head like this, I have to (laughs) slight adjustments about how I think. (laughs) And it's really funny. You said that I don't put on perfume, but I don't normally do that in the day anyways. But I do almost always, I happen to not have done it today. I almost always put on earrings when I'm in a Zoom call. That's my ah, thing. Oh, I've just noticed it's you've just, got naked ears. Good Lord. I have naked ears today. <laughs> um, but isn't that interesting? And and the, the online tools we're using, whether it's Google or Teams or Zoom or some other option, there is no option to really hide yourself I think the only, unless you have your camera off, which means then no one can see you, which isn't necessarily conducive. So that's that's so right. And then people wonder what's wrong with Sarah because we can't see her today. Is she yeah. in a sulk? Is she <laughs> has she actually snuck off to grab herself a coffee or something? Yeah, um, is she really there may be all sorts of reasons why you don't have your video on, uh, and then sometimes <laughs> it's because you can't face being on another Zoom call where you have to look at each other all the time. So I think we have to do that as well. So do you think that it's, um, is it a, something that we as women do more of, or was there, was there some science or something in the, in the research that showed that we as women look at each, look at ourselves more than men? What they seem to infer was that it actually created a high level of anxiety in women because Mm. we're actually quite self-conscious of how we appear, not just for ourselves, but how we appear to others. And I think maybe it's a gender issue that women are more uh, attentive to making sure that they look okay um, and haven't got a bit of spinach sort of hanging from their tooth or whatever. (laughs) Whereas I I think the guys don't don't care as much. Maybe that's it. But that that was the inference I I took from that. Um, But I think it, it just highlights the fact that we've, develop this new way of interacting with each other, which is likely to stay with us for a while yet until we have a new way of communicating. And especially as we move into perhaps a more hybrid way of working. So I think it's about learning how to make Zoom calls work better for us so we don't get into this level of fatigue. Because um, what was interesting, I was listening to some information being shared. It was a Microsoft study. Um, which looked at electrical activity in people's brains and they compared one group of people who were in back-to-back meetings over two hours compared to another group who had a very short sort of 10-minute break in between those calls. And what they found was that people who were in back-to-back calls with no break at all had sustained high levels of stress throughout, which led to further exhaustion. So I, I actually have that up in front of me, Jenny. So I'm going to share it here for okay, you. Okay, please do. And you can see. Because it least. just makes it so obvious when you can see this. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's, it's just so, 
it just looks like you're on fire without a break. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> it looks like you're on fire, which I think yeah. is probably pretty good, a pretty good analogy here. Mm. And I'm actually reminded of way back in my early career, I, I did some training on health and safety and I got trained as a, as a DSE assessment person. And at the time, when you worked at your computer um, in the early 2000s, there were programs you could put in, which would shut your computer down, force shut your computer down, which Mm. made you get up and walk away. And that was for our skeletal systems. Yes. Now, it doesn't seem that we've taken that into what we need to do for our mental well-being does absolutely it? no and and it, it, it's <laughs> such a logical thing to do because you know right? our, our brains and our mind and our body are all interconnected mm. yes. yes yes so there you go anyone who's really good at um you know writing um systems for computers you could have a timer where you 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 enforce zoom breaks and people are not allowed to book meetings in those times yes. so that they can yeah. actually get up and walk away. Right. I think yeah. that um, yeah. I'd actually love that for myself. I'd buy it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, one, and one of the things that, that they found from Stanford was that when you're in a zoom call, it's much trickier to either make a sort of discreet exit. I mean, you can just leave. Right. And then people, Oh, where did Sarah go? She was here a moment ago. Or if you want to get up and have a stretch because everybody can see what you're doing and you're trying to present this this person who's, you know, attentive and, you know, focusing on what's being talked about. So rather than being in a face-to-face meeting where, you know, if your back's really going and you want to stand up, you can. You can just get up, stretch your legs and go and lean against a wall for five, ten minutes and nobody thinks twice about it. But doing that in a Zoom call, it looks a bit peculiar. Um and and again, you know, if you if you're desperate to go for the bathroom, it's it's tricky. It's tricky. Yeah. You're thinking, well, how much longer are they going to go on for? Because I'm really I'm busting. I need to go now. I really know need to go right. And and it's funny, isn't it? Because we we put these things on ourselves mm. in this context mm. that we don't do in real life. If you're in a meeting, right. you need to go to the loo. You just just go yourself and you go. We're all adults. But isn't that funny? I think it's. Yeah, there's maybe something around unwritten rules that that yes. need to be more explicit. I think that's where I would yeah. would go. And I don't know if you're going to come to that in a moment, but one of the things that a team I work with did, um, which was kind of across channels and things, but they made an "it's okay to" list. That's and great. I think actually that's a great thing to do if you're yeah. having things. You know, it's okay to go to the bathroom. It's yep. okay. And so that everyone knows we have these explicit yes. rules. Yep. You have pre-approval, you have permission to do oh. these things. Mm. Um, because yeah, we've all grown up knowing how meetings work. You know, it's one of those things you learn and there's a rhythm and it's fine. Whereas this yeah. is all new. This is new. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so we just need having to, to get more, better at it. Yeah. We have to be more explicit, I think. On what I think so. I think so. Yeah. Rather than yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and another colleague shared how um, she does a lot of teaching online. Mm-hmm. And she said that, you know, she's scanning the faces, you know, on her screen to make sure that people are listening and engaged and doing stuff. And she said she can always tell 
if somebody is doing something else, you know, when they've, they're surreptitiously checking their emails or typing something. She said, I don't know, even if they're on mute, she says, I can tell that they're doing that. Um, and again, it comes back to the etiquette of, you know, the Zoom call, what is allowed, what isn't allowed. Um, in in many of my Zoom calls, I, I actually have two screens up too. So I'll yeah. have one yeah. screen for the, the main meeting, but I might be looking at some documents on the other screen. So you know, my mm. face is moving from left to right, but hopefully that's seen as being okay because it's actually to do with the topic being discussed. But I think I well, think it some, does come down to it. I think sometimes in, in my classes, what I've found is um, people will have their screen with what they're watching here, but their camera is on this one. And so right. it looks like they're not paying attention yeah. to you. That's when true. actually, you know, because we have these multi-screen lives now. Um, yeah. yeah. And, but I think probably because they can then see themselves, they're aware that it looks like they're not paying attention. And I can imagine that that's, that's like quite cognitively dissonant to go, mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm looking at you, but it doesn't look like I'm looking at you. <laughs> that's right. And the other thing that they pointed out was that it's actually quite unnatural to keep looking at somebody's face for a prolonged period of time. When we're in a, a natural conversation, if we were together in a coffee shop or in an office space or something like that, you know, we're, we're talking to each other and we'll be looking at each other, but we're not gazing directly into each other's eyes. Whereas on a Zoom call, you spend a lot more time doing that, partly because you want to show that you're paying attention Yes. Uh, and you're wanting to sort of see what they're up to as well. <laughs> but it, it put us, puts a huge cognitive load on us, and that's what adds to, to the level of fatigue. And, that, and that's why I think it's important that part of the etiquette is giving ourselves permission to look away. Um, mm. I mean, you know, part of the productivity thing is we know that if you're working in an office and you're, and you're tired because you've been working on a certain task for a while is, you know, avert your gaze and look outside the window particularly onto a green space because that mm -hmm. helps to restore your attention and if we can get better at doing that in zoom calls as well that will probably help the fatigue but there was a couple of other little sort of things that they discussed yeah, what are what are some other things that people can do okay so um other than taking um a sort of regular little break and i think it's it's part of sort of making the normal etiquette so that when you schedule your meetings in, you allow for that little break. And um, and this is what somebody else was sharing with me yesterday. He said that when he sees that something is being sort of squeezed into a space, which isn't going to give him any sort of leeway between, he'll move something else if possible. Uh -huh. Yeah. So that he frees up that little bit of a break time again. So he might have two things back to back, but he won't have any more than that. So he's yeah. able to take that space. Um, I think the other thing is, is, you know, we've been, as you say, doing meetings in a certain way for an awful long time. And so often meetings are seen as a waste of time or too long. And why am I at this meeting again? You know, it's just a meeting for the sake of a meeting. So I think it's a great opportunity to, to ask the question, why are we having all these meetings? Yeah. Especially now. I mean, I know when we're remote working, it's important to stay connected. But I think we need time out just to be able to get on with our work as well. 
definitely. It's something I hear from my clients a lot. And I, mm. it's my experience as well is you spend so much time in meetings mm. that when do you get the work done? And so what happens? <laughs> well, you're getting the work done while you're in a meeting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so again, you're splitting your attention, you're multitasking, which we know isn't the most productive way to work. Do you remember those things that you're doing or are you just going on autopilot? Yeah. Um, and uh, I think it's really interesting if we think about, um, I noticed this, in when I worked in an office, I never had meetings all day long. Never. Unless you were doing like an offsite type of thing where you were, it was a whole day meeting. But mm. I never had back to back to back to back to back meetings. And now that's that's the normal. Mm. Oh, yes, I can squeeze you in. Oh, yes, I can do this. And, and I think we end up having meetings when actually we just need to ask someone a question. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then because time is our most precious resource, we've booked 30 minutes of their time. We want to make sure that we are using it appropriately and adequately. So what do we do? We fill it. Yeah. Rather than going, I know I've booked a 30-minute meeting, but I just had to ask you this question. I've got the answer. Thanks. Here's 25 minutes of your life back. Um, so I, I think that's a really interesting, I guess, result of where we are and how mm. can we, mm. I guess, be more intentional about, is it a meeting? Yeah. And interestingly, we're never without these, are we? These mobile phones. No, we're with yeah. them all the time. How many times have you done this to a colleague this year? <laughs> oh, Sarah <laughs> is actually putting her mobile phone to her ear while she's talking to me. Oh. <laughs> How odd. But we don't just pick up the phone and call people. No, we don't. We we, I don't. And it's ridiculous because sometimes, actually, I just need to pick up the phone say, I just need to check this thing. Yes, this is that thing. That's it. I have to schedule into somebody's already over. So I might not even get the answer to my question for three days. Yes. <laughs> and then, you know, why why can't I get hold of Sarah? Well, it's because she's in back-to-back -back Zoom calls. <laughs> so she can't take your quick two-minute question on, on, on the phone. I mean, it's crazy. Um, yeah. But I think the... Um, the need to configure this is really important, particularly in the area of learning and development. Because, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, this is your world as well as mine. We're, we're often in wearing our educators' hats and we're speaking with people to share ideas um, and different strategies for what they can be doing. And I don't know how, how you found doing virtual presenting. It's not my favourite thing to do. I will do it if I have to, but it's it's definitely not. And I remember the first time I delivered a half-day workshop, it was three hours. And I do three-hour workshops all the time. No big yeah. deal, except doing it virtually wiped me out. I literally had to go and lie down on the couch afterwards. I was completely brain dead. I yeah. couldn't do anything. I couldn't think. I, I, I said to my husband, I'm so sorry, I can't cook dinner tonight. <laughs> I mean, he often does cook dinner anyway, but I said, I'm in no fit state to do anything. I can't even talk to you. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> so, absolutely exhausting, isn't it? Is it? Exhausting. I, I think there's nothing. And sometimes you're delivering it where you get, 
you get some feedback so you can see some people's faces, but I don't know if you've had this where you're delivering a workshop and you can't see anyone's faces. And it's that, that void is that black. It, void. It's you're just putting all of your energy out and yes. you get that because, you know, we feed on other people's energy. And, and as an, as a, like you say, as an L and D person, that is, and it's nuanced, you know, you can uh-huh. see if somebody doesn't quite get it, or you can make sure someone's, you can bring them into the conversation. Um, So I guess I've got some tips and tricks, but I'd love to hear yours. Oh, I was going to say, well, why don't you go with yours first? Oh, well, I can go. Yeah. Yeah, So one thing we do a lot of is, I guess, online context switching so that it's not me talking, you listening. So it's really important. Not, I mean, in a classroom scenario, that's not a good, good thing either, but Um, you know, breakout rooms are really critical for what we do now. We use those all the time. Yeah. Um, um, where would we be without a breakout room? <laughs> yeah, well, I just don't know if it would work. Yeah. Uh, breakout rooms, giving people the chance to answer themselves. So we, I use liberating structures actually as a great way to kind of create different conversations. So it's a, it's a wonderful free resource. You should definitely have a look at it. I will. I've not heard of that. It's called one, two, four, all, uh, which you could do one, two, all if you wanted, but it allows people to think and answer questions individually, then share it in a safe conversation as a, as a two person and then come back and share it as a whole. And that actually really helps make sure everyone's voice gets heard. So you have, um, you know, for the more introverted people who don't want to just answer or actually who need a little bit of time to Mm. process they're answering so those those things are good using you know the whiteboard functions using something else um really early on in the pandemic I spoke to a wonderful woman called Lena Morkback who does a lot of online facilitation she was doing it before it was the in thing um and she suggests doing things like this get up behave as if you were in a regular room you don't you know the idea that we have to sit there have something on the wall. Use post-it oh. notes. I'm writing oh. up here. Yeah. Oh, you're sticking something on your wall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Use the whole space. Look, yes. over here, you can still see me. Because we were talking, yeah, I'm standing up. I'm sorry, I, for, I keep forgetting that we're, we're doing this visually. But you can stand up. You can stick post-its yep. on the wall. You can use the whole space. Um, and again, part of that giving people a, a break, isn't it? Um, from looking directly at you Um, and then yeah using you know go and use google documents get people to chat in rooms get them into bigger breakout rooms get them to type get them to draw get them to you know so we want to make it as interactive as possible totally Um, yes yeah that's definitely the way to go for sure which now that I do that, instead of this talking at everyone online, which the first one I probably did too much of, <laughs> I figured out the tools to use. I still it's still tiring, but it's not that all out exhausted. I need to lie on a sofa. So I don't know if yeah. that's your experience. Yes. That's definitely <laughs> my experience. And the other thing is, I I now try to discourage prolonged sessions for learning so I've I've shortened them down into sort of 45 or one hour 45 minutes or one hour chunks so instead of doing a half day session I'll have three or or six depending on on what what's being covered and and space them out so depending on what you know the client is looking for sometimes they want it done 
over you know, consecutive days or it might be over consecutive weeks. And it's just about working yeah. with what works for the, the person that you're working with. And um, that seems to be going really, really well. And I think people are starting to get into the idea that spaced learning is actually far more effective as well because yes. science shows that uh, unfortunately we we forget most of what we've we've heard within the first two hours which is so disappointing um <laughs> don't tell me that <laughs> but it's how do we integrate the learning right how integrating the learning so have you got any other tips to share um i think well i guess if we go back to the zoom fatigue bit I think lots of the companies have now you're able to set your timings for meetings to 25 or 55 minutes so I think taking advantage of that is a great one yes um being really really intentional about what you're meeting with and what what you're meeting for yep um and then using that kind of open space technology you know the rule of two feet if you don't need to be in that meeting allow people to leave Oh, I love that rule. That's great. It's the rule of two feet. Yes. What are if those you don't need to be there. Or if you're finished what you need to contribute to the meeting, allow people to, to leave. leave. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, because actually, if you were thinking about it, if it needs to be a meeting with everyone there, that's one thing. If it's a meeting that's come together because people need to have a conversation, think about that in in an office, you might have a couple of people drawn into a conversation in an office space, and then people will drift away yes, whilst others right. carry on. Where yeah. it's like we it's like we're like, we are having a conversation, we are all together, and we are not leaving until <laughs> So, you know, we we have to develop the etiquette, as we said before, yes. around yeah. around the meeting. I think um, understanding the purpose of the meeting is is the crux of it. Absolutely. Really, absolutely. if you know why why the meeting is being held and what your contribution is going to be to it, that helps you to determine: Do I really need to be there or not? And I think to expect an outcome from that meeting as well, because I think the the worst thing about lots of meetings is that they sort of drag on, but there's no sort of outcome at the end. And then you think, well, do we have to have another meeting to discuss what we didn't discuss in the first one? And that's where I think shortening the meeting can be helpful too, because you say, right, we've got 25 minutes to nut this out. What solutions are we going to come up with? Bang, 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 bang. And oh my goodness, I'm sorry, but the meeting's about to end. Has anybody got any one final word? And then you've got something to action and do something useful with rather than just drifting into the next meeting. Yeah, that's a great one. I love it. Um, I think the only other thing I would say, and unless you've got another tip, is that it's something I came up with with my with my coach actually um, mm-hmm. just on Monday this week. Was thinking about the work I do that brings me joy and the work I do that doesn't. Yes. Right. What what gives me energy? What 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 drains my energy and we all have different tasks that we have to do that fall into either of those um and so I talked this through with my coach and two things came out one was I tended to do more of the things that drained my energy because they feel hard and so then I didn't want to you know like hold myself to it like oh you're just trying to get out of doing the hard stuff so just because the easy stuff or the fun stuff is for me fun I feel like I shouldn't be giving it as much space which is completely wrong and it's just kind of a crazy uh, a work ethic thing that I need to clearly work on so the idea I came up with was to actually color code my diary 
Um, so yes. yep. long, long story short, I'm yellow and blue, blue jobs are what I find quite draining. So if we, if we think about kind of those, <laughs> those theories and actually, so if I have more yellow in my diary or I'm alternating yellow before blue, or I know that I have a blue job to do, I then give myself permission to have yellow time. Um, I love it. And, and actually then get that. So that gives me a framework where I can say, oh, I can't have that meeting today. I'm actually full today. I can have it tomorrow. So really spacing that out. Mm-hmm. And I, I haven't done it yet because this week, this week was already full, but next week I will. And I'm really excited to see how that works. So I'd love to hear if anyone wants to try that, please feel free to do that. Your colors may be completely different to mine. <laughs> But what a brilliant idea. It's about taking ownership of our time and our energy. And of course, it is energy management, which matters so much. I mean, when we're we're talking about battling fatigue, you know, by being on screen too much. And part of managing this is to recognize what works best for us in order to bring our best selves to everything that we do. So I love the color coding. I think I'm going to choose some colors for myself next week and get into that as well. Oh, yes, lovely! So it was always going to be the happy that I love doing this. Yeah, yeah. yes, I know it's such a wonderful way to start my Friday. <laughs> so I think we are all finished. We'd love to hear what your tips and tricks are um, for beating Zoom fatigue, or maybe what you're struggling with, and maybe we can uh, we can help you work that out. Thank you so much for um, giving us some of your precious time today. We're very grateful. And we will speak to you again next time. Thanks so much. Bye for now. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Thriving with Sarah and Jenny. We hope you've enjoyed listening to it as much as we did recording it. And you can always get involved in the well-being conversation at all of our social links in the show notes. Until next time, stay safe, stay happy and thrive in whatever you do.